Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Well, good morning. Got to see that a couple of times, that fire with the bonfire and then Psalm 23. Well, we've been in a series here this summer here at Grace Crossing Church entitled 23 and Me, and we're going through Psalm 23. And the reason why we call it 23 and Me is because of the personalness of this psalm. In fact, this is such a, a powerful psalm. It's becoming one of my favorite psalms, even one of my favorite passages of scripture, because God is so intentional with us. It's a, it's a, it's a snapshot of the, the relationship that he wants to have with us throughout the course of our lives. And sometimes we just see this maybe at a, a funeral or a memorial or that type of thing. But this is something that I believe God really wants us to grab a hold of individually and as a church. See, in this psalm, it was written by David. David was a very experienced shepherd. And here he flips roles. He shares Psalm 23 from the perspective of a sheep. And in thinking about David... He wrote this in his later years. Um, in his younger years, he was a shepherd. And then as time went on, he became a king. And he's kind of reflecting back on his life and the ups and downs. And if many of you know about David, he had some downs. I mean, he committed adultery and he committed murder along the way. But yet, this is a psalm that he reflects on God's care along the way. David also knew sheep 24-7, he was with those sheep when he was younger. He knew those sheep. From the quiet hours in the morning to the latter uh, hours at night, um, even into the evening, he would have to keep watch over these sheep. A shepherd's job was never done. Well, as we read Psalm 23, we've been personalizing it. We've been stopping along the way to emphasize my, I, and me. What I'd like to do this morning is when you get to those uh, words, my, I, and me, I want you to personalize it by putting your name there. So I'm going to read it, and as we go along, put your name in there because I really want this to soak in. I really want these nutrients of God's truth to get into your soul and into your heart. So I'm going to read Psalm 23 and place your name in. The Lord is is my shepherd. Put your name in there. I shall not want. Put your name. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me. Put your name beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I, put your name, fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I did this as well. I, I think there's some impact when we just put our name in there to realize this is really for us as individuals. And God really wants to draw close as our shepherd. 
For those of you that may not have a relationship with Christ this morning, I want you to see what God is intending and what he wants that relationship to be. Well, so far we've journeyed through verses one through the first part of uh, verse three. And this morning we're gonna journey through the second part of verse three on to verse four. This is the part of the psalm that connects with why we often hear this at a funeral or a memorial. It's, it's that part where we hear about the shadow of death, to the, especially through the valley of the shadow of death. So listen as I read those verses that we'll focus on this morning. Psalm 23 and three through four. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. As we walk this path of life, I want us to realize the big idea this morning. He is nearer than you think, especially in the valleys. You know, I recently went through a major valley in my life. I, I talked about it last spring as a storm, a, a major storm that hit. And I realized when I was in that valley, I instantly jump into survival mode. I mean, I instantly want to help our family. I instantly um, wanted to think through next steps of what we needed to do. Um, in the midst of the chaos, it, it was just kind of scrambling. But we did slow down to pray. We did slow down to discern what God wanted us to do. And also in the midst of that, we took time to grieve, which was really, really helpful. And it was just so hard, even as a dad and as a grandpa, just to, to keep things together. In these valley moments, it seems so dark and lonely and even painful in the valley. But David wants us to realize that God is our shepherd. He is near and he even draws closer to us in those valley moments. To help us on this journey, we need to keep learning about sheep. And we've been learning a lot about sheep. So far, we've learned they smell, right? Talked about that. They aren't the sharpest tool in the shed. They become cast. We learned that they get tipped over and without the shepherd's help, they can die or be severely hurt when they're tipped over. We also learn that they need green pastures and still waters. I'm going to take a little water right here. But another aspect that I found interesting is that Psalm 23 follows a one-year herding cycle for sheep. In the springtime, they move to the green pastures and the still waters, as in verse 2. In the summer, they move to long drives up the mountains, including the valleys, and, and moving through dangerous paths along verses 3 and 4, which we're going to cover today. In the late summer, the sheep move to a remote alpine above the timberline known as the table. And we're going to talk about that next week in verse 5. And then fall comes. The snow begins to settle. And it forces the flock down to lower elevations. And slowly they move into the winter months at home on the ranch where they spend their entire winter. And that's where verse six comes in. So what struck me about this cycle and the reason why I share it is these valleys came annually. And I was thinking before I 
kind of got some insight here. I was thinking that valleys just kind of come once in a while in our lives, kind of periodic. But what this did for me was really begin to embrace that there's a potential to go through a valley every year. And I experienced that this year. So I just share that with you as I've learned is like, open yourself just to embrace that valleys are gonna come and they could come every year. They could come more than once in a year. And it just allows you to just have that freedom to go before the Lord and know that he's gonna be there even in that valley, but just to embrace that they may come more often than you think. Well, you may be wondering where we got all this great stuff on sheep and shepherds. Uh, Both Pastor Gill and I have been using a resource. It's a book called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. And it's by Philip Keller. And if you wanna dig deeper into Psalm 23, I really encourage you to Google this, look it up. It's an excellent book that, that brings you through Psalm 23 through the eyes of a shepherd. And I wanna share a little bit more as we lead into verses three and four, what Philip Keller says about sheep as we keep learning. He says, sheep are notorious creatures of habit. If left to themselves, they will follow the same trails until they become ruts. They will graze the same hills until they turn to desert waste. They will pollute their own ground until it is corrupt with disease and parasites. He goes on to say that a common held but serious misconception about sheep is that they can just get along anywhere. This couldn't be further from the truth. No other class of livestock requires more careful handling, more detailed direction than sheep. Well, as we see here, sheep need a lot of direction. Without it, they wander and do a lot of damage. And it's humbling. I don't know if you've been thinking about this, but it's really humbling to be compared to a sheep. No other class of livestock needs more care and handling. And as sheep, let's admit it, we got issues. And Isaiah emphasizes in Isaiah 53, 6, this idea. He says in Isaiah 53, 6, we all like sheep. We've gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. This is our default. We wander. We go astray. We go on thinking that we know better than our shepherd when our shepherd wants to lead us to the right truth, or excuse me, the right path, a healthy path, and the best path for us. Our shepherd created us and he knows us. And it was very common for the shepherd to not only make sure the sheep were headed in the right direction, but he also took time to examine and search the sheep for diseases and parasites to make sure that they were healthy. How he did that is he took his rod, and we're gonna learn a little bit more about this later, but the rod was about a foot and a half to two feet It had a larger end on one end. And he would take that to kind of prod and look underneath the wool to see and make sure that the sheep were healthy. 
And in the same way, I mean, in fact, that's where we get the saying not to pull the, the wool over someone's eyes is because it was hard to see through that wool what was really going on until that shepherd took his rod to look under there. Well, I want to do that this morning as we get going. And usually we do something like this at the end of the service. But I just want to do a mid-course checkup with us right now to see how we're doing in regards to staying on the right path that God is leading us on. Pastor Gill challenged us with the question, how is your soul? I want to linger here for a moment. We've gone through some verses together and we've been on this journey together and you've had some time to to think, to ponder, to allow God's spirit to speak to you. And I just want to ask, how are you doing under all that wool? How is your soul? How is your heart? Can you say that you're following his guidance and staying on course with the path that he's leading you? If you can, I want to encourage you. I want to say, great job. Stay the course. Don't give up. Stay on that track, that right path that God is leading you on. But if you're wandering, if you're going astray, if you're choosing not to follow what you know is right, that he wants for you. You're getting stubborn. You're digging your heels in. You kind of want to do your own thing. This morning, I want to encourage you to turn back. Do a 180. the, The theological word for that is to repent. Turn around and go back to the direction, that right path that you know is right and that God may be calling you on. And admit to him, admit to him where you are in the pain that it might be causing. Because whenever we go astray, there's pain. There's pain to ourselves, there's pain to God, and there's pain to other people. And he wants us to be real with him. He wants us to admit our sin and stubbornness and return to him. Why? Because this brings us nearer to God. And that's what he misses most. That's what this Psalm 23 is all about. Is to keep us close to the shepherd. To keep us close to God. So what I'd like you to do is I want to take a moment. I want you to close your eyes and just be still. And let him guide you and let him speak to you with where you are right now in following him on the path that he would like you to follow. He had the same idea. David had the same idea that he did with the sheep when he shared this psalm, which is also called the shepherd's psalm, In 139, 23 through 24. As your eyes are closed, listen to this passage and let his spirit speak to you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. 
Take some moment just right now to let him speak to you. He wants so much to get you on the right path, to get you close to him. Father, in this moment, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us. Just, just a checkup, just where we're at. And I pray that if it's in a good place, I pray your spirit would bring encouragement. Because we need encouragement as we walk this Christian life. If, if we're wandering, if we've left you, if we've gone down a different path and not the path that you desire us to walk in. Holy Spirit, I pray you just bring conviction and I pray that anyone here, whatever is leading them astray or whatever that is, I pray that you would speak to them your love, that you just want to be close. You just want that relationship back into its rightful place. Help them to admit that they've gone astray. To ask your Holy Spirit for strength to get back going again. Lord, your forgiveness as we've sung about it, it's rich. And we can turn to you and just confess. And I pray those here that may be wandering would take that time to confess. Thank you so much for how you care for us. Like a shepherd, you care with how, how well we're doing. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the love and the intentionality that you share with us. We pray this all in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Well, our shepherd not only wants us to get us in the right direction individually, but he wants us as a church to be following him in the right direction. And we've got a video that shows a beautiful um, uh, overhead shot, like a, I don't know if it's a drone or an airplane view, of sheep moving. And that's the one thing about sheep is they're always moving. They may take time to go to a green pasture to eat. They may take time to quiet themselves at still waters and rest. But they're constantly moving. And we as a church need to be constantly moving to the direction that God has for us. And that direction is that we, as we look into the future, we see an emotionally healthy church filled with fully surrendered Christ followers whose hearts are set ablaze to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Watch this video and just as you watch it, notice that these sheep, some of them start going in the wrong direction. They go backwards, they go wherever. But in time, they all start moving in the same direction. Let's watch this video together.
Isn't that beautiful to see that aerial view of those sheep? And the cool thing is just to see, you know, finally they kind of start to make it. I love the one with the gate where they just kind of all go through that really narrow opening. Um, That is God's desire for us as a church to keep moving towards the vision that he's got for us. And, and I just want to encourage you as a church that we're doing a great job moving towards our vision. And we've got to kind of keep it at the, at the high point of our minds when we're thinking about where is Grace Crossing going or different ministries that we're involved in. We've got to make sure that we keep that vision in mind. Well, another area I want to emphasize along the way here is found at the end of verse 3. I want to let us graze on what David is saying in the verse where he says in verse 3, he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. I don't want to miss this part. I think sometimes we gloss over it right away. This whole idea of honor. Because the pathway, that right pathway that he has us on, It's a pathway of honor. What comes to your mind when you think of the word honor? What does it mean to bring honor to someone's name? I know our military folks get this. The highest medal you can receive in the military is the medal of honor, given to someone who displays great valor and courage. Honor is spoken often in the military, especially for the many who've risked their lives for their country. But honor also means, and it's tied up with this with the military as well, giving utmost respect for someone, admiration, special recognition, even reverence and awe for that person. The Old Testament translates honor as a heaviness, a weightiness that you feel around another person. When we went to the Orange Conference um, this last, uh, what was it, like late winter, early spring, um, one of the speakers was Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter, Bernice King. And I'm telling you, when she got up there, and it was kind of a roundtable discussion, I just felt this weightiness, like, all that she has been through and, and the death of her father and, and all the, the, the prejudice and the racism and, and slavery and all the stuff that this young little girl went through. And she, I, I listened to a, a video about how she struggled to forgive through that. I just watched her and I just felt like this huge weightiness and respect for her as she spoke because she spoke with someone from such an incredible perspective. So there's a weightiness to it. Proverbs goes on to say in in 1.7 that this honor is translated in, in a way, it's called fearing God. You know, having a reverence and an awe for God. Proverbs 1.7 says this, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fearing of God, or, and sometimes we, when we hear that, we think it's to be afraid of God. It's not. It's reverence and awe to, towards God moves us to this, this foundation that we, we can begin to know God. And I love the, uh, the message in Proverbs 1.7 says this. Start with God. 
the first step in learning is bowing down to God. And we sang about this in our song, Come to the Altar, about bowing down before him. And it goes on to say, only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. That's the message. So as we follow God with this honor, some things need to begin to shift inside of us, in our hearts and in our minds. One is that we have a gratitude for God and what he's done for us that becomes our motivation to follow him. C.T. Studd, a, a missionary, once said, if Jesus Christ died for me, what is too great a cost that I would give to him? That's an honor statement. Honoring and obeying because of Christ's love and what he did for us. Another shift is that we obey even when we do not fully understand what the future holds. And another shift is we follow him even when the road gets dark, dangerous, and extremely difficult. So this honor piece leads us right into the next verse of Psalm 23, 4. Let me read it. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Just like a shepherd to his sheep, he is near even when life gets difficult. We go through those dark valleys of death. He draws even closer. I love where he emphasizes, for you are close beside me during those times. You know, we are assured when someone is close to us that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to feel alone. I remember when my girls were young and they hated to go down into the basement at nighttime. I mean, they thought monsters were down there or spiders or whatever. And they would often say, Daddy, Daddy, can you come with me? I got to go down and get something in the basement. And I said, Honey, there's nothing down there. It's okay. Well, I would take their hand and we would go down there. And as a young dad, I'm like, Okay, look in this room. Is there anything in there that you see? Okay, you don't. And look, look under that book or look behind here. And I kind of walk them through all this stuff to show them that they don't need to be afraid. And I never put it together till my later years that it wasn't about if anything was down there. They just felt safe and they weren't afraid because I had their hand and dad was going with them. And it's that same idea that when we sense God is close to us, we're not afraid. And we don't move into these areas of anxiety and worry. So no matter how difficult life gets, we need that assurance that he's close to us. The sheep sense that closeness through the rod and the staff of the shepherd that brought this protection and comfort. The rod, I shared with you a little bit earlier, that was the main weapon of defense for the shepherd, to protect both himself and the sheep from predators. Uh, a shepherd would run into coyotes and wolves and cougars and snakes. And shepherds were excellent marksmen with this rod. 
they could toss it and sling it across the size of this room and just boom, knock out a coyote or get them going in another direction. So right away, the sheep knew with that rod and with that shepherd that they were being protected. The other thing the rod was used for was for the sheep when they would go astray and they would go wayward. If they moved towards poisonous plants or moved down towards the sea where they knew that they could drown or um, they were moving towards um, some type of predator, the shepherd would take his rod and sling it and bump that sheep just to shake him up and to move him in the right direction. They knew just how to hit him, to turn him and get him going in the right direction. So the rod brought strength. The rod brought power and authority to the sheep. And it made them feel protected by the shepherd, reminding them that the shepherd was right nearby. The parallel with the rod is God's word. God's word protects us. It corrects us. It brings us safety and assurance so that we know God is near. You know, I shared with you about the girls earlier in that situation down in the basement and another thing I began to do with them as they were afraid of different things is I began to teach them this Bible verse in Isaiah 41.10. And this verse says this, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And we would go over that at bedtime as I would pray with them. And um, as the days went on, I noticed one of my daughters in her bunk bed, like, um, you know, where the mattress kind of comes down from the top bunk, she had written it out and put it, put it that up there in her bed to remind her of God's truth, to draw upon what, what God's word does and, and the way it can kind of protect us and show us that God is, God is nearby. There's another scripture that was really dear to me um, during the, the valley and storm I went through this last spring, and it's in Deuteronomy 33, 27. It says this, the eternal God is your refuge and his everlasting arms are, are under you. He drives out the enemy before you. He cries out, destroy them. And as I was going through that, the Lord brought this verse to me and, and I know some of you have had this experience where, man, it's just like he'd been reading my mail. Like he knew deep inside my heart, like the Holy Spirit just touched me. And I began to think of as we were going through that, like the eternal God, this God where there's, there's no end to him. There's no beginning, there's no end. He's a place of refuge and safety for me right now and for my family. And I, I, I thought about his everlasting arms just coming underneath our family and, and holding us. And I really felt like he was holding us and, and bringing us through a very, very difficult time. And then this last part, you may say like, whoa, life, what, what's going on there? But it says he drives out the enemy before you. He cries out, destroy them. I needed God's warrior heart because of what we went through. I needed to know he was gonna fight. I needed to know that he was gonna set things right and take care of things. And so he just met me so powerfully in this way. And, and I just felt assurance that he was nearby. I felt assurance, even though we're going through this valley, 
that he was very, very close. Well, the other tool that a shepherd has is the staff. And the staff we're all familiar with at Christmas plays and stuff like that. The same thing they use there, you know, is what a shepherd uses. It's that long, slender pole with the hook on the end. And this was used for a couple things. One is it was to draw the sheep together, especially if there was a young ram or you that was born um, and it got lost from its mother. The shepherd would reach in with that hook and lift up that sheep and bring it close to its mother's side without touching it because if he touched it, that mother would repel and resist that lamb because of the human scent. And so it was used to, to bring mom and her little baby together at times when they would get separated. The other cool thing about the staff is that it was very calming and comforting for the sheep. The shepherd would gently place that staff just alongside the, the stomach or the back or the side of the head of the sheep just to let the, let the sheep know, I'm right nearby. And he would nudge that sheep if the sheep was in danger. Um, but it was just this, this safeness, this closeness that the shepherd is right near me. I don't need to be afraid. And the parallel with the staff is it's representative of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given up to us as believers to comfort us, to assure us, to bring us closer to Christ and to others. The Holy Spirit brings us peace and strength that we need as we go through the dark valleys in our lives. And the Holy Spirit draws close to us during these very difficult times, providing all that we need. And there's been times, you know, I've thought about this whole peace and strength that the Holy Spirit gives, and it, it is indeed a mystery. And what I used to think is when families or individuals were going through a really difficult time, I always took a step back and I, and I thought, how do they do it? Especially situations that I've never been through and they just seem so difficult for me. But the one thing the Lord's been teaching me along the way is it's really not the individual and it's really not the family. You see, all of us come with a gap of what we can handle. And the Holy Spirit comes in to close that gap. When we're weak, he becomes strong. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. That might be familiar to you. And this is, this is Paul speaking. He's talking about a, a thorn that he had in his flesh. And he was praying over and over. He wanted God to remove it because it was painful. He did not like this. We don't know for sure exactly what it was, but he wanted it gone. And each time he starts to say here, here's what God said to him. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best. And this sounds so weird. It works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can come into that weakness and work through me. That's why I take pleasure. I mean, this will show you where you are as far as believing this. Paul says, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in my insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For the conclusion is, for when I am weak, he's learned, then 
I am strong. And I can definitely say in any valley I've been in, it's seemed insurmountable to to get over. And it's been very um, assuring to know that the Holy Spirit is there. Well, this morning, I hope that you've heard that he's near. And he draws nearer, especially in the valley of our lives. Take in this psalm. There's some ways that you can get on a version app and look up some devotionals on Psalm 23. I've done some of that. There's some really good ones on there. Um, there's an Abide app that allows you to listen to Psalm 23. Um, and it just helps you to kind of let that soak deeper into you. But this morning, I just want you to know that he's near no matter what you're going through, especially if you're going through the valley. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the assurance, for the protection and comfort that we get from your word and from the Holy Spirit as we journey with you as sheep to our shepherd. And I pray for each one of us that we would be drawn closer, that we would get things right if we need to, but that we would stay close to you, knowing that you've got our best interest in mind. Lord, we trust you. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for the shepherd that you are. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful morning and afternoon today. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.